This episode of the Sullivan and Son Behind the Bar podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at GoDaddy. And they're friends with Danica Patrick, which is cool because she's because she's really hot. So if you are thinking about starting a new website because maybe you want to do a Sullivan and Son fan site, or maybe you've got a small business idea, you want to sell something, show off your photography, uh, do your own podcast, GoDaddy is offering one new or one transfer of a .com for just $1.99 for the first year. Each new .com comes with a free instant page website and built-in photo album. So basically, it's uh, easy. It's not that hard. And look, who doesn't need a .com today? I have got CalebBacon.com. I recommend it. So to get your website started today, all you have to do is go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code SCHOOL at checkout. That's SCHOOL, S-C-H-O-O-L. Guys, thank you all so much for your support of season two of Sullivan and Son. This is Caleb Bacon. I'm one of the writers on the show, and I have a great opportunity to host Sullivan and Son behind the bar, the podcast you're listening to now. So if you've missed any episodes from this season, do know that I got to interview some of your favorite actors from the show and some of the writers. So if you want more of Steve, Owen, Ahmed, Roy, Jack, Okja, Susan, Melanie, aka Mel Mel, go back and check out some previous podcast episodes. So in addition to being one of the writers on the show, I also have a podcast called Man School. And it's a show where you get to talk to different guys about some various life experiences they've had, whether it's especially difficult or interesting. And and some of the guys from Sullivan and Son have been on the show. So for you guys here listening to Sullivan and Son Behind the Bar, I'm going to give you two bonus episodes. This week, talking to Ahmed Ahmed, who plays Ahmed on the show. And something I've always thought was interesting was the idea of traveling to places that are supposed to be scary. And he's a comic who has played all over the Middle East. He's originally from Egypt. And he's had some amazing life experiences that most people just haven't had. So in this episode of Man School, got to talk to Ahmed about what's it really like to go to those places. And, you know, what and what are the people there like? What are the local laws like? I thought it was really, really interesting. And if you want more Sullivan and Son news and occasional behind-the-scenes giveaway, you can follow me on Twitter at Caleb Eats Bacon. C-A-L-E-B-E-A-T-S-B-A-C-O-N. Hopefully you see you all for season three. Thanks so much. Man School. Life from the men who have lived it. With your host, Caleb Bacon. Man School, Man School, Man School. Man School, Man School. With your Welcome to Man School. My name is Caleb Bacon, and I'm a writer who lives in Los Angeles. And yes, I'm technically the dean of Man School, but I'm also very much a student here. This is a show where I talk to men about their defining life experiences and how the hell they got through them. Man School is for men who want better lives, and they also want that journey to be fun. So my goal is to provide you with a show that's both inspiring and a good time. I find that most stuff that's supposed to help guys become better guys is usually boring or academic. And that's why all of the guests on this show are life experts, men who've actually been there. Because I'm a guy who has made a lot of mistakes in my young life, uh, especially up until the age of 26. And I just got I just got sick of living the way I was living, and I got very fortunate. And my life was transformed by all the different benefits I discovered from hearing other men's honest life experiences. And I also found that I really liked learning about life through those experiences. So I believe that if you're ready to grow, you'll start to become a better man just by listening to what other men have been through. So think of Man School as a fun hangout spot on your journey towards a better life. 
certainly not a final destination. And also, this show is not anti-woman. Come on now. Women are great. Today's class is with a life expert who has had some extensive Middle East travels. Here's a little of my interview with the MetaMed that's coming up soon. They don't like him now, and so now they're protesting against him and demonstrating against him. But right before that started, we were down there in Tahir Square, and people were walking around with, like, bloody bandages and bottles were being thrown. It was, a little, it was a little intense. I mean, we went down to the belly of the beast. The whole country's not like that. But we decided, we, you know, we wanted to see it firsthand. So this is going to be a two-part episode. So this is part one today with Ahmed Ahmed. Next week is part two with Sam Tripoli. They're both comedians who've had extensive Middle East travels. This week with Ahmed, it's about going from country to country doing shows. Next week with Sam Tripoli, it's going to be about doing USO shows. So for the troop in literally war zones. Ahmed's a stand-up comedian who's he's done all the late-night shows. He's also done some guest spots and different TV shows and films like Weeds and Iron Man. But most important. But most importantly, we work together. He's one of the regulars on the TBS sitcom that I write for called Sullivan and Son, which uh, season two, I think we come back in June. We're shooting that right now at Warner Brothers. Also, and I'll put that out, I'll put that out there. If anybody wants to come to a taping of the show and you're in Southern California, just email me, manschoolshow at gmail.com. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a couple things. I want to give a shout out to the iTunes user, number one chair dancer. By the way, that's a terrific username. Number one chair dancer has the Manschool iTunes review of the week, person wrote, what a great original concept. Caleb is natural and does an excellent job of drawing out his subject. A must-listen. Uh, so thanks for that, number one chair dancer. Hop on iTunes, leave some nice words. I'll read my favorite review next week. And stay tuned at the end of the show for class takeaways where I break down some of the things that helped him med on his journey. And if you did not know, you can look for a new weekly man school class every Wednesday on iTunes or Stitcher Radio for your smartphone, the Apple Podcast app for your iPhone, which, by the way, they updated it, so it's a lot better. I know a lot of people did not like it before. And, of course, Man School is part of the Sideshow Network of Podcasts, sideshownetwork.tv for lots of other great shows. You can find class show notes and more information on manschoolshow.com. And when you're done listening to the show, I encourage you to talk about what's going on with you to at least one other guy in your life. And, and have that guy talk to you also. You don't have to speak about feelings. Just be honest and get real. Now I bring you part one of Middle East Travels. So, Ahmed, you're from California. I was, I was raised in California. Uh, I'm actually I'm originally from Egypt, a small town outside of Cairo called Helwan. My father immigrated to the U.S. when I was a month old, 1970. So uh, we grew up in uh, Riverside, California, and I moved to L.A. 20-plus years ago to get in this crazy business we're in. And one of the things about your comedy is that, uh, I mean, I, you can explain it better than I can, but maybe because of the subject material or because of the, the way you look, you get the opportunity to gig in a whole lots of other places. Yeah, I mean, I've found out recently that a lot of uh, American comics are, are traveling abroad to do stand-up, not just me. But my subject matter and my comedy definitely allows me to tap into material that plays better. Not better, but just plays to a wider audience, uh, I think, overseas. So yeah, I've been <clears throat> I've been pretty blessed to go to every country in the Middle East, pretty much. Egypt, Dubai, Lebanon, Saudi, Syria, Jordan, Oman, Qatar. Uh, where else did we go? Palestine. Did comedy in Palestine, which was interesting. Went to Jerusalem and Ramallah and Nazareth. It was like the religious comedy tour. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you uh, pretty much, oh, I mean, uh, you know, you and your... You and a couple other guys, you pretty much open up the Middle East for comedy, right? Well, thanks for touching on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny you should mention that. No, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, I don't single-handedly take credit, but I did go over there in 2005 and 
was pushing the idea to do American, you know, contemporary stand-up comedy in the Middle East. And um, uh, Showtime Arabia finally gave us a chance, and they aired our Comedy Central special, Axis of Evil Comedy Tour. And uh, we followed up with a big 27-show, five-country, sold-out, 20,000 tickets, phenomenal, epic tour. 20,000, that's a lot of tickets. Yeah, and those were just the ones we sold. I mean, we the promoters kept on wanting to add shows, and we were just exhausted. We were like, we're done. You know, 27 shows back-to-back in 30 days, mind you. But with the, So with the Middle East, uh, for me, a guy from upstate New York, I've, I've been to Central America, I've been to Europe, been to Canada, not to brag, Tijuana. <laughs> the, the list goes on and all oh, that's about it. But... So for me, the Middle East kind of scares the crap out of me. Not just because I've seen Homeland. A lot of people are scared of the Middle East because what the news projects, it's so like stereotypical of, of a, an outlet <clears throat> like CNN or Fox to show only you know certain clips of what you know they think the Middle East is or what their reporters are covering. The Middle East is actually a very beautiful region. Each country's got its own character, sort of. It's got its own sort of... Um, element to it that's different from the other country mm-hmm. so egypt you know is different from saudi saudi is different from qatar qatar is different from jordan jordan is different from syria you know they all speak arabic they all have their different dialects and slangs you know all the food is generally uh you know similar but there's certain dialistic attributes to each country whether it's the music or the traffic or <laughs> Just the sort of culture in itself, and you know, and it's got its it's it's got its pros and it's got its cons. You know, the Middle East is yeah. a very contradictory and hypocritical region in a lot of ways because we're still behind in a lot of ways when it comes to like democracy and freedom of speech and you know allowing certain privileges like the internet to you know be present. I mean, like in Kuwait and Saudi, for instance, they have the internet, but certain sites are blocked. You go to you go to a movie in Kuwait. My friend was just telling me, our promoter actually, he called me up and he was like, "Hey man, I saw the movie Flight with uh, Denzel Washington." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah, what'd you think?" He's like, "It was good, man. It's really good." And I'm like, uh, "Did they show the whole movie in Kuwait? Because it's a long movie and there's a lot of R-rated stuff going on." He's like, "Yeah, it's, yeah, it was like 20 minutes long. <laughs> 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 they cut everything, but there was a good 20 minutes." <laughs> Denzel, he delivers. That Denzel, man, he's he's good, man. He does give a nice, good 20-minute performance. I mean, I'm sure you've met a ton of wonderful, welcoming people. But what are some of the the hairy situations you've been in? Or even like misunderstandings that have put you in a weird spot? In the Middle East? Yeah. I was banned from Dubai for a year. I was banned from performing public shows in Dubai for a year. uh, I didn't get all the details, but apparently there was somebody who didn't agree with my politics or comedy and they showed a clip of my axis of evil dvd that was on youtube from a special we taped in orange county in 2006 (laughs) there was a joke on there that i more of an observation about a a mosque and a nightclub that are right across the street from each other in dubai so i said it's very hypocritical and it's confusing to muslims because at eight o'clock you hear the call for prayer you know the allah and then in the distance, you can hear, so it's like this, the juxtaposition of, you know, religion and nightclub music kind of <laughs> molding together, I thought was hilarious and hypocritical. And, um, and it, it got a big laugh. And because it had a laugh at that expense, people thought like, look at this guy, he's making fun of our city and he's making fun of 
Dubai. He's being blasphemous toward Islam. So I was banned for a year. Do you the get a interesting letter? thing? No, I was supposed to do shows like a couple months after I'd. Well, the way I found out was I was supposed to do a. I was going back to do comedy shows there, and I found out that they rejected my passport to to come in and be an entertainer. <clears throat> now is that at the airport there or no? Else? They had a copy of my passport, and when they sent it in, you know, they have to send in all the entertainers' paperwork. All right. uh, for upcoming you know, performers that are going to be traveling there and they, they stamped it, you know, rejected. And when I found out, they said, Oh, it was because you, you told a joke about a mosque and a nightclub in Dubai and they didn't think that was appropriate. So that was on your file basically. Kind of. But the interesting thing was I got booked to do about a half dozen like private and corporate events in Dubai after that, where I got paid a shitload of money (laughs) and I would show up, they'd fly me out first class or business class and Mercedes Benz would pick me up at the airport, check into the Four Seasons or Ritz Carlton or whatever, and I'd come down, and there'd be like fifty people, you know, fifty men and their wives drinking Black Label and smoking cigars, like the richest Arabs in Dubai. And the guy organizing the event was like uh, Ahmed Ahmed. So nice to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to this event. Uh, it will be great. People are gonna think you're so funny. We're they're all expecting you. We're big fans. But I have a question: Is it true you're banned in Dubai for doing public shows? I said, Yeah. Sorry, does that? Is that a problem? And he's like, no, man, here you can say whatever you want. <laughs> Just let it fly, you know? So, because it was private, it was almost, it come, almost kind of worked in my favor. It's kind of a blessing in disguise. Instead, you made a whole bunch of money. Made a bunch of money, and I, I got to go back to Dubai several times and perform regardless. So, now have you been back for public tours? I did. So, in 2009, I did a tour that I documented and made a movie about called Just Like Us. And we started in Dubai and um, the promoter was able to lift my band. That's cool. Yeah. And there were some cool people that were in, on that tour. Tommy Davidson from In Living Color and yeah. Wh- Whitney Cummings on the Whitney show and uh, Tom Papa and Eric Griffin, Maz Jabrani, Sebastian Maniscalco, Omid Jalili. Uh, so pretty, you know, big heavy hitters. So have there been any countries you've went to where like you felt you could get in trouble for saying something that could have maybe threatened your, your life or happiness? Yeah. I mean, most of the, most of the countries you go to, they, you know, they brief you, they say, you know, don't touch religion, don't touch sex, don't touch drugs, don't touch politics. It's like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to talk about? It's everything. So, so you end up kind of having to kind of make your material G rated and it's almost like doing a tonight show set, you know, keep it clean, family friendly. And there have been a couple, you know, times where I pushed the envelope a little bit. Some countries didn't care. Like Lebanon, you can say whatever you want. Palestine, say whatever you want. Jordan was kind of 50-50. Um, Syria, say whatever you want. It's like all the countries who have war <laughs> around them, you can say whatever you want. You go to Saudi, you go to Qatar, you go to Kuwait. They're very strict. Keep it clean. Have you crossed the line? I did a couple times. What do they do? They just come over and, you know, people will say that that's offensive and why would you say that and it's inappropriate and it's blasphemous and nothing really harmful happens to you. In all the time you spent, like, you know, outside doing these comedy shows in the Middle East, ever run into any scary situations? Um, well, on my last trip coming back, well, we, we went to Egypt and then <clears throat> we decided to go down to Tahir Square where they're demonstrating and protesting. That's where the revolution started. And they have this new president. Uh, in office now, Morsi, and they don't like him now, and so now they're protesting against him and demonstrating against him, but right before that started, we were down there in Tahir Square, and people were walking around with, like, bloody bandages, and bottles were being thrown. It was Jeez. a little it was a little intense. I mean, we went down to the belly of, of the beast. The whole country's not like that. 
but we decided we you know we wanted to see it firsthand on my way back from kuwait i was literally going through they have like the last x-ray machine security walkthrough mm-hmm. you know metal detector right before you board the flight that's how they do it mostly in the middle east and so um i was leaving kuwait it was a one in the morning flight on united and they're forensically looking through my bag because i have all kinds of like cameras and little flip cam and my laptop cord and headphones and all these little wires and stuff are in my bag and they're just forensically looking through my bag the this kuwaiti like security officer came over and said run it again you know run it through the x-ray machine again and um i didn't say anything and they're dig- just digging through my bag and finally i looked at him and he looked at me and i just kind of like i just kind of smiled at him it was more of like a smirk smile like let's get this mo- you know let's get this go- moving along because they were the flight was about to leave and the guy looks at me and says in arabic you're not getting on your flight and i was like excuse me he's like you're not flying today and i said i'm flying today he said no you're not sit down so i sat down and the guy from united walks over and he says what's the problem what's the problem where you have to get on your flight i said the guy doesn't want to let me fly he says what happened what'd you do i said nothing he's just looking through my bag i smiled at him turns out the guy thought that i was trying to be a smart ass with him but it was just a slight misunderstanding of cultural difference you know and so <clears throat> the guy sits down and he's like telling his colleagues this guy's not going anywhere because you speak arabic so you know what he's saying i know exactly what he's saying yeah. so i told the guy from united i said tell that security officer that if he doesn't let me get on this plane i'm gonna be a big fucking problem for him and make a stink about it <laughs> And go to international news and go to CNN and, and talk about how Kuwaiti security is, you know, unjust and uh, inappropriate. And, and uh, you know, we can make this public if you want to make it public. I'm a stand-up comic. I travel around the world. I talk for a living. So tell him that. Oh, and also tell him that America saved his ass <laughs> when, 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 when they were invaded by Iraq. Tell him that my tax money paid for our army to come in and save your guys' ass. No, you're not wrong. And so he told him all that stuff. And then he goes... <sighs> Okay, go. He was just like, he just kind of brushed it off. That happened in Jordan, too. We were going to meet the King of Jordan. Now, is that a common thing to meet, like, you know, the the heads of these countries while you're there? Not for me, no. No, okay. But, you know, stand-up comedy made such a big splash in the Middle East. We We were, like, you know, kind of not put on pedestals, but they kind of just wanted to flaunt the idea of stand-up comedy and you know vips and princes and princesses and kings and queens were showing up at our comedy shows <clears throat> it was insane so we were coming through the airport in jordan and i i got taken into the detainee room for whatever reason they wouldn't tell me and i finally just the guy says what are you doing here in jordan i said well we're doing co- comedy shows but um his majesty king abdullah has requested a meeting with us tomorrow afternoon would you like me to get his office on the phone like we can call the royal court right now and figure out what the protocol is and the guy says, uh, his majesty, King Abdullah. <laughs> I said, yep. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. Okay. That's okay. Go, 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 go. It's like whenever you drop a name <laughs> or a credit or something, it's like you get, you get a freebie in the Middle East. The funny thing about Arabs in the Middle East is it's all show. It's all ego. It's all a lot of barking. Who can bark louder? You don't really see a lot of fighting going on in the Middle East, physical fighting. You know, it's a lot of raising your fist in the air and yelling at each other kind of thing how did you learn to navigate that all yourself just be patient sometimes you got to call their bluff a little bit um sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you also got to play by the rules over there too it's like when you go to another country you can't practice what you practice here it's like if you go to to the uk and the speeding you know the speed limits 60 kilometers an hour and you're driving 80 
and a police officer pulls you over and he says, I'm giving you a ticket for driving 80. You drove 80. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you deserve the ticket. So if you do something in the Middle East where that's not allowed, you just have to respect the culture and the rules. Like in Dubai, flipping somebody off is a crime. You can go to jail for that. What? Swear to God. Yeah. If you stick your middle finger up at somebody, you can literally go to jail for that. Now, how on earth would you have known that? I didn't until I did it to somebody. <laughs> and some guy's like, don't you go to jail for that. <laughs> what else? Marijuana in Dubai? Minimum 15 years in jail. Wow. Here, they sell it over the counter. Public display of affection in Dubai is illegal. You can't kiss your wife in public. So where'd they draw the line? Can you hold hands? I think if you're married, you can hold hands. Boyfriend and girlfriends are... Yeah, I think mar- married people are exempt. But if, you, if, you, if you're boyfriend and girlfriend, you're not allowed to hold hands. One of the things I would think would be tough for you is, especially if you're doing all these dates, you know, you're traveling, you're tired. People are like, okay, here are the rules for this place. How do you keep it all straight? It's a lot to digest. You know, you just kind of take it all in and apply when necessary. <laughs> oh, and then you can always, if you're in Jordan, say, you know, the king. Yeah, I know the king. Call the king. So what was it like when you got to meet with the king? Uh, that was an interesting experience. He's, uh, he's not very tall. He came to our show, him and his wife, Queen uh, Rania, and their kids. You must have known that going in because they must have we did. Well, they, they told us the king might show up. The king and queen of, of Jordan are scheduled to come to your shows tonight. They ordered tickets. And, and I was like, no way. There's no way he's going to come to our show. So the place where we were performing had a hotel attached to it where we were staying. And Miles Gibrani and I were up in our room getting ready. We both had rooms that were next to each other and had balconies that faced the street. So if you go out on the balcony, you can see each other. And so we're both in our room getting ready and we had our windows open and you can hear this and like all these little sort of sirens and stuff. And we both went outside and we looked down and there was a motorcade pulling up to the venue like full blown, like in the line of fire, like, you know, security detail with, you know, walkies in their ear and the whole thing. Do they carry machine guns? Yeah. Well, they had like the actual military. Then they had like the secret service guys with the suits and the sunglasses. Not bad. Maz and I looked over at each other and he goes, I guess the King's here. So they called us up in our rooms and they said, um, his majesty and his wife are here. Come back, come in through the back. When he sits down, the show starts. I said, sure. So we go downstairs. All cell phone service was knocked out within like a five mile radius. No cell phone service. Wow. They just completely disabled cell phone frequency. Do they like sweep the place for bombs? That Everything. Sort of thing? Yeah. Did your show start on time? So the show started on time. We're all backstage. The second he sat down, they introduced me. I was the host. I went up on stage first. I say, hey, how you doing, Jordan? You know, great to be here. You guys are the first Middle Eastern country that's invited us. What an honor. We're gonna, we have a great show in front of us. I said, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little nervous because there's a bunch of guys in suits and sunglasses holding their index finger to their ear. I don't know what you're talking about in those little microphones. <laughs> um, I see that you guys are all here for His Majesty, King of Jordan. Uh, thank you very much, Your Majesty and Your Highness, you know, for attending our show. And, and um, you know, we hope you laugh. And I said, because it would be scary if you didn't. Yeah. Because what's going to happen then? He's not funny. Throw him to the lions. You know. <laughs> So they had a good time. And the next day we got a phone call saying that he wants to invite us to his palace. But So during the show, do people look at him to like see if it's okay to laugh um, in a way? I don't know if the other comics did. I don't remember. I did. Like whenever I would tell a joke, I'd look down and he would laugh. And I'm like, in my head, all right, that's... And are people in the audience go. looking at him for like approval? Yeah. 
Yeah. There was a lot of like, cause he was right in the front row. So a lot of people like would hear a joke and they'd look over to see if he was laughing and then <laughs> they would laugh. That's different. Yeah. I mean, it's not your typical, that's like, that's like doing a show for like Hillary Clinton. You know, she's in the audience. People are going to obviously go to her to see if she's laughing at the jokes and stuff. Yeah, but, she's uh, probably won't be. She, I met her. She actually has a pretty good sense of humor. I guess, yeah, she's married to Bill. Yeah. So <laughs> you got to have a sense of humor. So uh, we got an invite to his palace and we went out, you know, bought a couple suits and put on our little suits and we showed up at the, it's like a military compound. And he walked in and he was, he's not a very tall guy, <laughs> but super nice. And he sat down. He's like, thanks for so much for coming. You guys are great last night. In my mind, I'm like, don't you have like a prime minister or somebody you're supposed to meet with? Like, <clears throat> it's funny because his, his advisor kept on coming into the room and saying, so-and-so's on the phone. This president's on the phone. Yeah, this person wants to right. talk to you. And he was like, tell him the way, you know, tell him I'll call him back. He was blowing off like po- major politicians <laughs> and Arab leaders to talk to these clowns. And so I asked him, I said, how'd you hear about us? He said, I was doing a motorcycle ride, uh, on my Harley Davidson with my cousin from San Francisco to Malibu. And we stopped somewhere at, at one point and he, he whipped out your Axis of Evil DVD and said, you should watch these guys. They're really funny. And that's how I was exposed to you. I thought that was interesting. Was there any part of that experience that was scary? In Jordan? Yeah. Or just be, you know, being around the, the King and all the secret service. Um, it wasn't really scary. It was just kind of, you know, he's a, the, you know, the leader of an, of a country. <laughs> he's the guy. He's the guy. So, you know, there's a respect factor there and he's, uh, he had a great sense of humor. I'll tell you that. He liked to joke around. Now, uh, have you been to Iraq? I have not been to Iraq, although I've always wanted to visit Iraq. Somebody was telling me that if you buy the Iraqi dinar, it's like going to be worth a gazillion dollars in the near future. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> so something, That's interesting. Something to think about for you listeners <laughs> out there. For making people making investment opportunities. Yeah, buy the dinar. Are there any uh, good, do they have like an improv in Baghdad you could play? They don't, but uh, that's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, when you go to these places, you they don't really have comedy clubs. So what are the venues like? No, they don't. They, um, they're normally like, um, like, performing arts centers, theaters, like empty halls where they fill seats, fill it with seats. There's um, like in Egypt, it's a conference center. In Kuwait, we did a, like they built a tent and just sort of made like, built this indoor theater-like setting from scratch. But no, there's no clubs. Dubai has a club, a comedy club, I think. A couple different small ones. But other than that, it's still growing over there. <clears throat> they haven't totally crossed over. But I predict in the next five years, you'll see comedy clubs pop up in the Middle East. Welcome to Man School. No boring how-tos and no so-called experts. On Twitter, use hashtag ManSchool to talk about the show. Subscribe for free on iTunes. Search ManSchool. Like ManSchool on Facebook. Facebook.com slash ManSchoolShow. Like websites. Try manschoolshow.com. Call the Manschool voicemail, 323-638-9626. My life as a stand-up comic has really exposed me to the most, like the coolest and bizarre shit. <laughs> uh, I had dinner with President Obama because of, you know, my stand-up. Hillary Clinton, I had dinner with. Like, literally had dinner with her. <laughs> okay, so you didn't just, like, meet her at a fundraiser you went to? No, no. She, uh, well, what happened was, my stand-up comedy documentary, Just Like Us, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, which is 
Robert De Niro's film festival, I got to meet him as well. He actually showed up to my premiere and Vince Vaughn actually showed up at the same premiere. Even Vince was like, dude, that's cool. You got to meet, De-. you know, he came, De Niro showed up to your premiere. <laughs> yeah. And De Niro was really cool. And he was like, hey, I loved your movie. It was really good. I've been to Egypt before. And, and uh, he, was, he was like a really nice guy. But somebody in Barack Obama's camp saw my film or heard about my film. And so I got this invite to this iftar dinner for the religion of um, an Islam. They have what they call the iftar dinner, which is iftar is uh, the, the breaking of the fast during Ramadan. Okay. So Obama hosts this dinner at the White House every year. And um, I didn't realize all the presidents before him did it as well, but he, they don't ever announce it or publicize yeah, right. it. Yeah, so, I've never heard of that. Yeah, me neither. So I, I got this invite, uh, an email that said, you know, dear Mr. Ahmed Ahmed, the president of the United States, Mr. Barack Obama, cordially invites you to the White House for his annual iftar dinner in observance of Ramadan. You know, please RSVP immediately. So I thought somebody was playing a joke with me. I replied with like, LOL, who's this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're like, this is a real invite. You know, if you really want to go, you take, please take this seriously. So I, re- wow. I RSVP'd. I flew to DC. I showed up. There was like 150 Muslims standing outside. I was like, this looks shady. They're going to drop a net on us or something. <laughs> and uh, they checked us. We walked in. It was like VIPs and diplomats and ambassadors. And it was 150 of what they would consider the most, I guess, progressive Muslims in their industry in America. We sat down. They had a whole prayer thing. We sat down for this dinner. He went around, shook everybody's hand. Uh, it was a trip. Two weeks later, Hillary Clinton invited me to her. She has like, a, I guess, a competing iftar dinner <laughs> or whatever. But this time there were 400 of the most progressive Muslims in the field under 40. So it was like authors, dancers, writers, filmmakers, doctors, lawyers, you name it. That's cool You get to be considered in that bunch. Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> whoever was doing the wedding planning, they had it huh. to where I was sitting directly across from her at dinner. Wow. Right when she sat down. She leaned into me and said, so tell me about this. You do comedy in the Middle East, I understand. I said, yeah. She's like, and you do it in English? And I said, yeah. And she was like, and they get it? I'm like, yeah, they breathe too. <laughs> She's like, that's interesting. I'd love, you know, I'd love to see it sometime. I said, well, I made a movie about it. She's like, oh, I'd love to see it. And I'm like, funny you should ask. <laughs> and I gave her, a, gave her a DVD right there on the spot. And then um, she wrote me a nice, like, personalized handwritten letter the next day. It was crazy. Wow, not bad. Great great to meet you. Thank you very much for attending my dinner. I enjoyed our conversation. Look forward to watching Just Like Us. And best of luck, you know, with what you're doing. You're breaking down, you know, stereotypes and this, that, and the other thing. She signed it, sincerely, I am Hillary Clinton. (laughs) That's different. That's kind of... I think that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, I think uh, Secretary of State Clinton and I both come across as like a little sort of accidentally racist, like, <laughs> like oh, they like jokes in yeah. the Middle East? But the whole idea for me of like the military presence, the the fact that like you can get banned for a yeah. joke that was on YouTube for a whole year from a country, like, right. it, ju- it just seems a little uh, it's so different for me. It's like so far outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. So what sort of like advice would you give for any men heading to the Middle East for any reasons, business or pleasure? Well, first of all, you know, res- just respect the rules and regulations. You know, it's you're going to a different country, so you can't really impose your, your beliefs on another society or culture. You know, be open-minded. Try the food. You know, most Arabs are very friendly, outgoing, hospitable. You know, it also depends what country you're going to. Sure. If you're going to Egypt, Egypt's like Avatar. 
It's like its own planet. It's got 30 million people in Cairo. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. You know, especially like if you go to the pyramids and stuff, people are always trying to hustle you to get you on a camel or, you know, if you go down to the bazaar, they'll try to, people are always trying to sell you things. Egypt's very much like a hustle sort of country. Everybody wants a tip. They call it bakshish. Whereas if you go to like Saudi Arabia or Qatar or a place like Oman, it's the, it's the complete opposite. They have so much money there. It's like they don't want your money. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to leave, actually. Yeah. Are there any countries you're afraid to go to? I don't know if I would say I'm afraid to go to any countries, but um, I think I would probably be a little hesitant to go to certain countries. Somalia, for some reason, seems like a dangerous place, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, I've never been there, but you always hear about Somali pirates and Somali right. terrorists and Somali this, Somali that. No, I don't really have any countries that I'm afraid of. I'm kind of fascinated to go tackle all the other countries I haven't seen and cross them off my bucket list. Yeah, I mean, you must have like the most open mind of any traveler I know just because you've spent so much time doing it. I'm a good traveler. I know how to travel. (laughs) (laughs) I just know, like, I don't stress out. You know, sometimes if things don't go my way, I've, you know, had little confrontations and, you know, headbutts with people that that it's just going to happen when you're traveling. Sure. No matter what. But I'm a pretty good traveler. Well, Ahmed, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks, Caleb. This was fun. Class takeaways. Try and enjoy what's different about places you travel to. Adapt to where you're going. Try to learn a little before you go, and especially ask the locals. And know that misunderstandings are going to happen, especially based on little cultural differences like smiling at somebody. Be open-minded, be open-minded, be open-minded. And when you can, name drop a king. Ahmed Ahmed can be found on his website, ahmed-ahmed.com, or on Twitter, at Ahmed Comedy. There's more information on his website about his film, Just Like Us, which I recommend. If there's any topic you'd like to hear covered on the show that's to do with your own life experience, you can give me an email at manschoolshow at gmail.com, or say hi on Twitter, at Caleb Eats Bacon, or at manschoolshow. Thanks to Shane LaRue for all the musical beds, shanelarue.com. And next week's episode is going to be part two of Middle East Travels. Performing in a war zone sounds crazy. Yeah. But it's so fulfilling. Yeah, those guys could use some laughter. Oh, yeah, and they love it. The more under siege they are, the more they appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you next Wednesday. Don't keep your experiences to yourself. Talk to another guy and get real. Man school, man school, man school. Man school, man school.